Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up. On this episode of the Entrepreneurial You. In the end, it's all about your gut. Whatever you're doing in life, if your gut is telling you do this or do that, probably go with what you feel instead of just listening to what other people are telling you to do. Or because if, if I go with what people were saying the whole journey beyond the shark tank, I would probably would have quit already. You know, because a lot of people told me, you're not going to make this, uh, this is not going to work out, you're not going anywhere, or that's a stupid idea, or but in the end, I kept going with my gut, my passion, and and then in the end, you know, your your own gut and your own passion will tell you if this is gonna work out or not. Sometimes people work in an idea for twenty plus years, and one moment it just clicks. And some people sometimes work in a year or so, and it clicks. And sometimes you work your whole life, and it doesn't happen. You know, so in the end, your own heart will tell you if the, if it's that moment to leave it or continue or or just pursue it. Hi, I'm Henneke Watkins-Porto, your inspirational leader and host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now let's go to today's episode. Episode 72 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast features the CEO and founder of Benji Lock, the world's first traditional rechargeable padlock with fingerprint technology with a purpose to redefine the personal security experience using hybrid technology with the consumer in mind. In 2017, he successfully pitched to the Sharks on Shark Tank. I'm all excited, super, super excited to finally welcome Roberto Cabral to the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Welcome, Robbie. So good to have you. Likewise, Henika. Likewise, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, it's been a long journey and also we've been connecting for a while and you've been following my journey. So I'm, I'm very excited to be part of your show. Oh, indeed. Now, before I get into what I really want to talk to you about, which is a whole um, Shark Tank experience, where you were, where are you now, what the journey has been like, etc. Do you know any Jamaican phrases or anything associated with Jamaica? Hmm, you know what? I don't. And uh, I feel kind of bad because, uh, you know, I, li I lived my whole life in Dominican Republic up to age uh, 23. Uh, so we're all in the same Caribbean. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> You know, but I haven't been home now in over 10 years, so I really miss the Caribbean. So probably my next stop has to be uh, before going home. I have to stop in Jamaica. Yes, man. Come to, sure. come to Jamaica. We'll be happy to welcome you here. And of course, I've been to the DR just once. I think it was in 2013 where I showcased um, my clothing collection at the time, Pato Apparel. I, I enjoyed it. I really loved the experience. It was a great one. All right. So like you said, you are, and we know that you're from the Dominican Republic. What was it like for you growing up, Robbie? I know um, based on what was said in um, on Shark Tank that your wife is a teacher, you do three kids and you did music and so on. But what was life for you like growing up in the DR? Uh, you know, life was... Um was good. I mean, I, I won't complain. It, it, it was difficult, too, because I grew up without uh, my father. So I was only raised by my mother and uh, pretty much my whole life. It's always been on my own. 
because my mom was always working 24-7 to kind of provide uh, food on the table and, and all that. So I kind of raised, raised myself uh, pretty much on my own, going to school and all that, doing a lot of side jobs uh, as well growing up. Uh, then I, I jumped into the whole uh, college uh, but during that whole environment as well, uh, I always was into music. I, I always found a passion for music. Um, so I did uh, probably nine to ten years in a, in a band back home. And it was exciting and all that. That was kind of like my, you have to say, like kind of my first entrepreneur uh, journey uh, in the whole music uh, scene. Uh, but in the end, uh, it gets to a point that uh, when you're living in the Caribbean uh, as, a, as a musician, you the whole goal is to kind of get discovered. And it was very difficult at that time because we're doing music in English as well. And we're a Spanish speaking country. So uh, we're, we're already kind of kind of battling our demons there. Uh, so that was the step for me to kind of uh, decide to take the band and move to the United States. And that's how I ended up in the States uh, beyond that. Uh, but my whole life, yeah, it's been uh, just myself uh, raised by my mom and I have cousins and all that. And but yeah, it's, it's always been a constant grind. But what really made me come to the States was the whole music uh, environment to try to do shows and, and get discovered and, and see how it goes, you know, take a risk in a sense. So, And, you know, you just mentioned about not having a father around. And that seemed to be a Caribbean story predominantly. Um, because, of course, you know, I just put a post on, I wrote a story on Facebook and um, LinkedIn. I think, no, Medium and LinkedIn about that whole, you know, father, not having father around and also draw the impact and effect that that can have on, on our children. But you, in spite of your struggles, you were hell-bent on pursuing success. And so you're apparently now going after what is considered the American dream. You wanted to pursue music, get discovered. But lo and behold, something else happened. Now, what happened that caused you to not focus on music anymore and to do something else? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, when we all moved in, uh, the whole band, we started doing all these little shows here and there uh, in the East Coast. And then from there, we went to uh, California, uh, did a couple shows here. But then, uh, you know, I kind of felt bad, but it's also reality. A lot of the, the members said, you know what, Robbie, we enjoy the music and all that. But in reality, it's getting a little bit difficult for us. So we're going to jet back home. And that's when I said to myself, if I go back home, it's just going to be the same thing. Uh, there's just not going to be no, no reason to uh, just be stuck probably to a nine to five or uh, because we know the language of English. Uh, probably gonna we're gonna end up working because we were doing that before uh, coming to America. Was working in a lot of the uh, customer service, um, uh, big corporate companies that take their customer service to other countries to for us to kind of handle it. And you know it was a little bit tough because for me, I mean, we were getting paid what like two three dollars an hour. So I mean, for me, it was uh, that was the American dream back home. But then when you get here, it's like crap. I just don't see myself going back. So uh, long story short, they all went back. I ended up staying. Uh, I tried to keep pursuing the, the music, couldn't find the right bandmates and all that. Um, but just because I love music so much, I knew that the music industry was kind of going down. That's when like the Tower Records and Virgin Records and all these stuff was kind of closing. 
uh, I decided to take a course. Um, there's a school called UCLA, but they have a, a, a program at nighttime called UCLA Extension. And I ended up going there every night uh, to study the music business. Uh, I was kind of lucky that the program was very cheap. It wasn't expensive. Um, and then from there, I actually got my first job uh, doing catering and uh, cleaning dishes and all that. And, and kind of that's how I kind of roll in um, into the whole American uh, spirit. Um, and then I met my wife uh, through the back and forth and all that where I was living. And we just kept bumping into each other. And uh, for some reason, it, it just we just connected. And now, uh, 10 years later, we were married, three kids. And um, yeah, keep it in grinding. It's a, that's an interesting story of yeah, resilience and um, in pursuit of your purpose. Now, you've invented this lock and that uses fingerprint to open, and that's pretty innovative. In fact, you have won the Innovation Award for it. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to tell you the truth, uh, before that, I was going through a lot of ups and downs trying to get a really secure job. And I just couldn't get it um, because, you know, sometimes the English language was a little bit difficult. Uh, writing emails, uh, for some reason, I felt like I just couldn't connect with people. Uh, so I did a lot of applications, uh, probably hundreds of applications and maybe got called call once. Uh, but then uh, finally, I actually landed a really good job. Um, it was a real estate company locally, um, really good paid. And in, in that time, my wife was only maybe five months pregnant. I had two other little ones. And I said to myself, you know what, let me just uh, roll with this. Um, it's not probably something that I've ever done before, but I feel that I could bring my expertise to this company. And it was great. I mean, I, I worked perfectly there for six months. But then, uh, you know, that's when it kind of really struck me that they let me go on the worst time of the year, which was December. And then the same day that I was let go, uh, my daughter was born at nighttime. So that's when I really, I was really kind of depressed. Uh, that's when I really went like really overweight. Uh, my wife had to go back to work again a month after because she only gets like a month leave. So then I was kind of stuck at home with three kids, two going to school, but then the other one was still a newborn. Uh, all the family lives back home. And that's when I was like, crap, I just want to go back home. Uh, like, like this is kind of, it's not paneling the way I was kind of thinking, you know. Um, but then again, I, I took a deep breath and I said, you know what, I got, I got three kids. I kind of have my own family here now. I can't really go backwards. So that's when I started um, walking. There's a big thing called the Rose Bowl here. Uh, they do like a lot of big games. So I started walking there. And then from there, I started going to the gym at nighttime when I put all the kids to sleep. And that's when the idea sparked because a lot of people... Uh, some people were leaving the keys inside the locker. One guy had to bolt cut the lock. And I said, crap, why there's just not a, just a simple lock that you can open with a fingerprint, but also with a key. Just simple. I don't want no app or nothing just because I didn't have really the budget to go for it, but also I didn't have the expertise. So I just wanted to keep it simple that uh, even if my four-year-old can open it, maybe someone that has disabilities up to 80 years old can still open it. And that was my goal. Um, so I started doing the whole research about it. Nothing came up and that's kind of how I went through this whole journey. And I work on that project for three or so years before I actually step into the whole shark tank. Um, so it, it, it was a big journey. Uh, my, my big 
risk for me was going to that a show called CES um, because before the show, no one knew about me. I've been working on the project for a couple years already, uh, but I was really kind of like uh, really local, working with a local engineer, a local graphic designer, and just bouncing ideas for a long time. And then the prototype itself wasn't really all the way functional, but I said to myself, I just have to take the risk. And there's a big show coming up in Vegas in January. That was uh, 2017. Uh, I, I remember saying in December 2016, I'm just going to take a leap of faith. I don't have that much money to really have a booth, but I'm just going to take it uh, and see how it goes. And it was actually worth it to go in with a working prototype because that's when it kind of really the buzz started about the product. And that this was before the whole Shark Tank, but like I already kind of had a buzz starting because everybody noticed, hey, we need this product now. How can we buy it? And that's when I said, oh, crap, I may have something good here, but I'm, now I don't know what to do next. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, that that's how I ended up uh, in the track record. And then uh, they had a whole uh, a Shark Tank casting call in that same show. So I did a big line and I kind of told my story to the gentleman and all that. And then I kind of, that was it. I lost touch and then I just kept going to shows and all that and then one day I got an email that said hey Robbie we met you a couple months ago can you please submit some more information and I went on a back and forth for like probably four or five months until I literally uh, stepped inside there and and just be myself and did my thing before you go into that experience because you're talking to me right now and telling me that story and I kid you not all the chills, I'm just getting all the chills just look, just listening to you and you, about your story. It's amazing. And the irony is not lost on me that the very day that you lost your job, you were laid off. It was the very day that your daughter was born. That for me is very symbolic. You're moving out of a very dark time and you're entering into light. And no, it's not, it's not, it has not been an easy road, but for me, that's very symbolic. And I'm sure you'd have noticed that as well. We are going to take a break right here. This is just so gripping. We're going to take a break right here to read reviews and to thank our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to go right into the Shark Tank experience. Let's take a break. And here is a review. Really cool and interesting podcast. Lots of value bomb dropped. And I love the name. Awesome guests. Looking forward to more. And this is coming from Lamec1990 out of the USA. That's username Lamec1990. Keep the reviews coming. And guess what? You could hear your very own review being read on an upcoming episode of the Entrepreneur Review podcast. Remember, should you write an interview or review rather, when you write a review, please email me at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com and let me know because unless I go into the individual Apple store for each country, then I won't be able to see that review. And it's difficult to go through all the Apple stores in all the countries. So just do me a favor and send me an email about it so that I can check it and read it right here on the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Listen up. If you are based in Jamaica, this is for you. The world needs your voice. It's as simple as that. So create your own podcast. Visit HennekaWatkesporter.com and sign up now to your podcasting workshop. Increase your network and your network by connecting with global guests and an audience from all over the world. Hurry up. Spaces are limited. So sign up now at HennekaWatkesporter.com and be part of the movement and ahead of the game. 
We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Welcome back. Welcome back. And in case you're just joining me, I have been talking with Roberto Cabral Robbie. He's the founder of Benji Lock, which is a very special rechargeable lock that you it uses a fingerprint technology. Very interesting. He's gotten innovation award for it. He's been on Shark Tank and so on. And he Robbie has been talking to me about his experience before Shark Tank and leading up to. And so we're right at that point now where we are going to be getting the experience on Shark Tank, right? So that American dream didn't work for you <laughs> initially, right? You were laid off the very day your daughter was born. And this idea is here. Now, I watched you on Shark Tank. And first of all, let me commend you on your growth, significant growth, because even on your Instagram page, I remember del very del I was being very deliberate about checking on you. And I remember, I think, at the point when, when you were on or when, when, the inter when the show aired, you were about 1,000 followers. And now you are 14,000 odd. So, and that's, that's a few months ago, pretty much, right? So I have even watched that growth and I've seen the different shows that you've been a part of. I've just seen the different things that you're doing and I'm super, super excited for you. I feel like, you know, I know, I know you like, you know, um, face to face and we've had face to face conversations. Now you are asking for 200,000 in exchange for 10% of your company, which means that you had a valuation of 2 million, right? Uh, you were very emotional on Shark Tank. Why was that? No, I, I mean, uh, to tell you the truth, um, I was very emotional because uh, before you actually go into the show, um, you have to go through this whole process of a couple months of a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you, you don't really know who you're going to go in and pitch until probably a day before. So then, it, probably I think that day I didn't eat nothing. I was literally just, uh, I'm just going to be myself and and roll with it. And I think that was the best thing for me because just being yourself, just showcasing uh, what you went through. And, and because I think the show itself, it's only, you see on the TV only like 15 minutes or so. But when I went in inside there, uh, I was there for, for probably like 40 minutes because I was literally just uh, being myself. I pitched my product, and then from there, there was a lot of back-and-forth questions. I knew I was going to get annihilated uh, just because I was kind of like a one-man army, but I knew that I, I had something special. I had already a lot of buzz behind the product, and I just felt like I needed someone to kind of help me uh, navigate a lot of these things uh, that probably will come my way that I don't really understand. 
So in the end, I was just myself. Uh, I, I did get emotional because, you know, the whole thing of the story of the product. In reality, I never envisioned creating this product. To tell you the truth, I was really happy just working my job, being home with the kids and all that. I never really thought of this idea until that thing happened. So that's why I always get emotional uh, because I, in the end, maybe it was good that that happened because then that kind of gave me the fire or the spark to pursue something else. And that's how the whole Benji lock came to. So, so yeah, the, the episode was very emotional just because I just decided to be myself. There's no point for you to, uh, if any people that are interested in actually applying and going to the whole Shark Tank experience, uh, my advice is always just be yourself. There's no point of making up numbers or lying or nothing because they'll know right away if you're for real or not. And I said to myself, I'm just gonna be myself be real and if it works great if not then at least i i gave it all you know you got offers from all of the sharks except mark cuban and as i watch as i watched the show i really thought that you would have gone with Arod because of the like me phenomena you know he's hispanic and uh, you could relate to each other and the language and everything why did you not go with Arod and opted in instead for Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I won't lie. That was very difficult. Uh, the, the whole process was very difficult. Um, even Mark Cuban uh, getting out, uh, I felt like he was really helpful because during the whole uh, pitch, even though he got out, he really gave me some, um, some perception of, of what's best for you and what's not, uh, at least from his standpoint. And then the other Sharks, they were all great. Uh, I remember when I, I finalized the show, I hugged all of them. Uh, they didn't show that on camera, but I went to all of them and, and gave them a hug and told them that thank you so much for the opportunity. It was difficult because uh, I connected with A-Rod through all our Spanish culture and all that, being from Dominican. But then I also thought that uh, he partnered up with Barbara Corcoran, which she was great as well. And I thought to myself, you know, those that's great. Those are two sharks that maybe could help me out a lot because I'm just a one-man army. I really put that into perspective. But then also, uh, Lori Grainer was very interesting because I, I, I admire her work and everything. And I also thought that she would have been a great member to be teamed up with, with because of the product and because of her successful uh, track line with products and all that on QVC. So I said to myself, she could be great as well because she's also seen the vision and all that. But then, for some reason, Kevin, uh, he, the whole episode before I went in, a lot of family members and friends said, hey, don't go with that guy. He's going to annihilate you. <laughs> and you should not even uh, deal with that guy. He, he's, you know, all these bad words and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, I, I don't really watch the show. I did the, the Shark Tank casting. And then from there, I just been on a back and forth trying to get on the show and then I did watch an episode here and there but then I disconnected because I felt like that would give me more anxiety so I just said I'm not want to watch that I don't really know who I'm dealing with but I knew that when I stepped in the first time Ken was really looking at me very seriously very um it was kind of scary so I was like <laughs> oh crap you know I, I thought to myself this guy's gonna kill me but for some reason, all the questions that he was asking me beyond the other sharks all the the questions were like questions that were coming already within me for a while and I felt like he really kind of knew where I was at the moment it was just a match and I was like crap I I'm thinking deep inside this guy really knows me for some reason he's there's all the questions that I've been kind of lingering for a long time he's asking them 
and the others aren't. So there's something here. For some reason, I, I just felt like he 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 was kind of getting where I was going to. Um, and it was difficult because in the moment uh, all these offers were on the plate, it was hard to really not go with someone from back home because uh, you get to know them on a personal level as well, especially with the language. And it was hard to, to say no to Lori, but then I just went with what I was feeling in the moment. And and the moment told me, just go with Mr. Wonderful, go with Kevin. He He's asking you the right questions. Uh, he just knows you. And that was it. And another thing that, that really like uh, I really like about him is that because I used to be a musician, I remember on the set, I brought a guitar with a Benji lock and all that. And he asked me on um, one of the questions, why is the guitar there? And I told him that the guitar was there because uh, when I used to be in a band, we used to go on tour in a little bus. And then we used to lock our little bus on the back with the lock. And that's why I said, you know, that's that's why the guitar is there. Not because I used to like music, but I feel like it connects in the music world as well. And uh, lo and behold, he plays guitar. He loves music. So yeah, those were things connection. that... Exactly. Those were connections that the other people didn't have, that he did. And that's when I said, you know what? This is the guy. And that's when the whole thing went down because everyone thought I was going <laughs> with uh With a -Rod. Yeah, I thought so too. But I mean, you were there in the moment. And one of the things I find as an entrepreneur is that sometimes we just have to go with our gut feeling, not what everything you know looks like around us and what everybody else is telling us, but what are we feeling inside at that very moment? So I'm sure you would have made the right, the best decision for you. You were in the moment, you knew what was happening and where you wanted to go. So of course, we, we trust that. I completely agree with you, Henneke. I mean, uh, in the end, it's all about your gut. Uh, whatever you're doing in life, if your gut is telling you do this or do that, probably go with what you feel instead of just listening to what other people are telling you to do or, you know, because if, if I go with what people were saying the whole journey beyond the Shark Tank, I would probably would have quit already, you know, because a lot of people told me, you're not going to make this, uh, this is not going to work out, you're not going anywhere, or that's a stupid idea, or, but in the end, I kept going with my gut, my passion, and, and then in the end, you know, your, your own gut and your own passion will tell you if this is going to work out or not. Sometimes people work in an idea for 20 plus years and one moment it just clicks and some people sometimes work in a year or so and it clicks and sometimes you work your whole life and it doesn't happen, you know. So in the end, your own heart will tell you if the, if it's that moment to leave it or continue or or just pursue it. So. Yeah. And finally, as we're about to wrap, what I want to find out from you, like this is just such an in interesting story. And I could go on listening and talking to you. I feel like I feel really personal about this one. I mean, I really feel connected to all my guests and all the interviews that I do. But I really must say that I have a very special personal connection to it, particularly because I, I personally watched that episode in particular. I'm a fan of Shark Tank overall. But I mean, I don't get to watch it every time. But I sat down and I really watched that episode. Quickly tell me, what has it been like um, since uh, Shark Tank? Shark Tank, where are you now? Well, I mean, uh, since Shark Tank, it was a, a great exposure because the good thing about it is that the show airs, you get a great exposure. And then after now, uh, I was part of season nine. I think season 10 starts uh, now in September. But what happens is that season nine now goes on another syndicated TV show. So in, in the end, your, your, your episode is going to always keep airing. 
uh, every year. So it's a, it's a blessing in that sense. But I'm humble because after the Shark Tank, I was able to, um, uh, with the help of Kevin, uh, close a licensing deal. So I basically gave the technology to a big company that actually do locks. Uh, and they're called Hampton Products. Um, I had a chance to meet the CEO, Kim Kelly. And, and since then, we've just been working back and forth. And it's been a great, uh, beautiful relationship. Uh, from there, they have helped me to create a line of, of products that you will be seeing out uh, starting now in summertime with the Benji Lock Mini. Then we're going to have a, a bigger Benji Lock, which was kind of like the first version that I created. And then we're also going to have a Benji Lock for TSA for traveling. Um, so it is very exciting like to see this little idea uh, now kind of turning into a, a pipeline of products. Uh, Kevin has always been uh, been very hands-on. And yeah, you're going to see that coming out this summer in August. And we're going to be launching it with Ace Hardware at their major retail show, Troy Show in Chicago this August, uh, second week of August. Very exciting, scary, but exciting. <laughs> I'm excited for you, Robbie. So thank you so much. And before you go, Robbie, please tell us where uh, our listeners can find you. I'm sure they, they're going to want to connect with you after hearing such an inspiring story. Yeah, no, I mean, anytime. Uh, I'm pretty much available, BenjiLock.com. They can also search us for our Instagram, BenjiLock Official, and also Facebook. But I'm mostly on LinkedIn as well. So I'll make sure to spread the word of the podcast and everything through our LinkedIn. Cause I have a, for some reason after the Shark Tank, I've, uh, my followers have just gone yes, through the roof. Through the roof. I've seen that. I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it's great. I mean, it's exciting and all that. And, and, you know, it's very excited also to be here because I know that even for yourself to create this podcast, you have to have a passion. And I see that you have a passion for what you're doing. And I think this is just the beginning for you and you just have to keep it going and I see that you're taking a risk every day doing what you love. And that's that's all it takes. And little by little, you, you, you'll you just see, start seeing it growing and growing and growing that, hey, you know, it's incredible. So I'm with you, my friend. I feel you. I'm with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And of course, my peak performers, you know that you can find me too on Instagram, Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn on Facebook. Failing that, you go to HennekaWatkinsPorter.com and look for my name as well on all the social media platforms and you will find me. We have come to the end of another great episode of the Entrepreneur You podcast. Remember to subscribe in Apple Podcasts and download all the episodes that you would have missed if you have not already subscribed and downloaded the episodes and play them to the end as well because good stuff is always at the end too. So do that as well as go and leave a rate and review right now. I'd appreciate that. It helps a lot because I put a lot of effort into creating this free content and it does help when I know that it is of significant value to you. So show your love by going to Apple Podcasts and just leave a rate and review. And when you leave that review, do send me an email at hennikawatkisporto at gmail.com because I'd love to be able to read them in an upcoming episode. And if I'm not notified, I won't know it's there because unless you go into all the different stores in Apple, there is no way that I can actually know that a review was left or a current review was left. So it's important that when you leave your review, you send me an email, let me know about it so I can go look for it and read it live on an episode of the Entrepreneur You podcast. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Henneke Watkins Porto. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good? <laughs>